come on, Brian, we could skip the pod just one week. I don't want to do it. I did so bad. Ugh, everything was, uh, it sucked this game week. Bucks, you're the host of a popular FPL podcast. You're a man of the people. You got to give them the voice that they need. Uh, come on. It. Let's just, let's roll it like the transfers that I wish I didn't make. Come on. This will be some therapy for you. Let's jump into it. Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. I'm your host, Brian, joined by Bucks, and we're back in action after game week 17 is over. I'm here. I'm kicking and screaming to be here. But uh, after this performance of a game week and all the COVID cancellations and just chaos in general, uh, I'm in a bad place, but not nearly as bad as my FPL team's performance in game week 17. That's for sure. How about you, Brian? Bucks, I'm... uh... Riding a bit of a buzz, to be honest. I got a little uh, mango hard seltzer open right now. Going to dive into the pod, but I got a very lucky result this game week. And uh, one of those where things went right for your boy. So after three reds, I've, I've had a couple greens. So love to see that. Yeah, we love to see that. And this is definitely going to be a tale of two podcast hosts uh, this episode. And we just want to, before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode, we just want to address what is going on right now in the Premier League and really in England in general. COVID is just running rampant. 67% of the Premier League players and coaches are fully vaccinated. But it seems like with the new variant, that is not enough protection uh, or nowhere near enough protection to be even more accurate. So in game week 17, we had three matches postponed and looking ahead to game week 18, which is coming fast and furious on the weekend. There's already five matches that are bookended and earmarked to be pushed or rescheduled entirely. So just something that FPL managers that are engaged need to be fully aware of when you're planning transfers, when you're looking and making plans for two, three, four, five game weeks ahead, know that there's a ton of uncertainty. So just kind of be planning in the moment and not taking early transfers, if at all possible. It's really tough to see just a kind of repeat of last year where we're having so many cancellations and late cancellations at that. Um, super tough situation. I think, you know, we have to take a step back and just realize that this, this is a, the pandemic era that we live in and we're just trying to make the most of it. So I think, you know, before you get too down on your team, just, you know, enjoy the matches that are on if you can and, uh, try and put your FPL team secondary, but I know, I know that's hard. It's really hard to do. So I, I feel for those who have gone through tough game weeks out of, you know, where they've had no control over anything. Um, and it's just one of those things you got to roll with for the time being. Yeah. So this is a pro mental health podcast. So we want you to always enjoy the FPL game. And even when it's going poorly, just remember it's a game and that your health and your mental health come first with that. We're going to dive into our regularly scheduled programming. First, we're going to cover how both of our FPL teams performed in game week 17. We're going to shout out and congratulate the manager of the game week, or in this situation, the managers of the game week. We're going to discuss the FPL overall average. And then when we come back, we'll look ahead to game week 18 and discuss our transfer plans. Brian, 
you bested me this game week by a pretty significant margin. So let me uh, roll out the red carpet and uh, let you go first. And Bucks, this is a rarity this season. You've always been ahead of me, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm feeling good. Had a massive game week netted 71 points total. I was able to field 11 Woo! players and uh, I had a 42K green arrow. So I essentially rose more than 30% this game week. So very fortunate. I, uh, I've been incredible. using kind of incredible. Oh, thanks for the, thanks for the golf clap. I, I need that, uh, need that for the ego from time to time, but based on the last few weeks, I've really just been focusing on my weakest link in my team rather than trying to plan any further than that. Uh, obviously still want to bring in quality players, but this week I was really, really trying to figure out if I was going to bring in Watkins for Huang or Foden for Mbomo. And ultimately, you know, both players that I was considering did really well, but I was able to get Huang off the bench for a single point and every point matters in FPL. So when Mbomo is not playing or I think anybody's not playing in your team, it, it's worth using the the free transfer that you have to get somebody in that is playing and you can, um, you know, readdress that uh, that player down the road instead when they have actual fixtures. So anyway, that that's just been my strategy. and It's been paying off the last couple of weeks, given all the uncertainty. So my, my squad really did well. I had seven out of my 11 players all get points. Foden was huge with 12, Salah 16. Then I also have Jota, only got seven points. I was hoping for a double-digit haul from him. He had some good opportunities versus Newcastle, uh, but he looks to be over his his little uh, muscle injury, which was very temporary. And then uh, also got very lucky with a six-pointer from Alonzo because he got subbed off early in the 63rd minute and locked in that clean sheet. And then uh, Trent with a late goal had 11 points and Ramsdale, once again, another clean sheet. So very fortunate. And uh, moving into next week, I should be able to field you know a quality team with at least 10 men. So that's uh, all you can hope for. Bucks? How'd you do? Uh, I have the FPL blues, but uh, really congratulations to you. That was uh, having 71 points is absolutely massive. I'm on the complete other side of the spectrum. I ended up with 49 points and I took a hit. So Oof. my real net total was only 45. I took a pretty significant red arrow down 33,000 spots to 64,000 overall. So I basically lost over 100% of my rank uh, in just one single week. So a little bit of a bloodbath for, for my game week performance. Uh, like you, I had solid captain, 16 points. Trent delivered a great goal. Uh, one of the potential goal candidates of the season. So he gets 11. Reese James had an assist. He actually could have really gone big on the day um, in a disappointing Chelsea Oh, my show. goodness. He had eight and Bucks, we, <laughs> with five. We needed those. We needed those Chelsea points through James as well. You know, he missed that early goal opportunity. Sitter, and we ended sitter. up we ended up drawing versus a, a, an abysmal Everton side. Um, I lost a few entertainment porpoises only uh, shekels there. So that was that one was tough. I was very surprised that Chelsea dropped points today and that uh, I'm sure only compounds your FPL blues this game week. Yeah. And, you know, going even beyond just who actually played for my team, it was the people and players who didn't even feature because the Grinch came early to my side. Uh, I was down to only nine 
playing guys with COVID cancellations and the injuries and some cancellations that happened after the transfer window had passed. So that was really frustrating. I had Denis and Vardy both had their matches postponed and they were two of my differential players. So that was a big loss. And I took a hit to get off the Brentford double up in Mbomo and Tony. And I brought in both Gallagher and Antonio. They both blank, but making matters even worse, looking ahead to game week 18, they both are now without matches. So I oh think my God, my, our strategies have been slightly different. Uh, I like to have a deep bench and injuries have just kind of caught up to me, but I also like to plan my transfers at least two weeks in advance. And so the last two game weeks, I've taken hits to try and make a spot for Ronaldo. And obviously United are off with COVID issues in their squad. So I couldn't bring him in. And then there's been COVID cancellation. So I've had to address other problem areas. So I initially had Foden and Jota. I had to kind of rash transfer them out to make space in my squad to eventually bring in Ronaldo. Then I have to stick with Vardy because Ronaldo doesn't have a game. So I have to address other areas. Basically, Oof. my my last five transfers have gone totally belly up. I'm with a team of guys that were on my B list, not my A list. And looking ahead to game week 18, which again is only a couple of hours away, I only have eight guys right now who could even play. So I'm going to probably need to take a hit just to get close to fielding a full roster. So it's bad news bears for Bucks right now. Yeah, Bucks. That that's just a very unfortunate sequence of events for you i know that you you're very um you know detail oriented in your planning and this one has just been a, a little bit difficult for you i think taking back-to-back -back hits to get players in that you think are gonna feature um is typically would be sound but unfortunately that you you took a hit and then your guys both blanked so that's that's just a tough one so i think uh i know you were you're weighing up either antonio or watkins and that one is uh, it's insult to injury now because, like you said, Antonio doesn't play and Watkins coming off of 12 points and plays another a really good match. So uh, just got to put it behind you and move on. I think, you know, we all have those bad game weeks throughout the year. Um, usually when that happens to me, I, you know, other than preparing for the podcast, I try and just mute everything, you know, mute the notifications, don't open mm -hmm, the app for mm -hmm. a little, little bit and um, fortunately we do have some fixtures coming up this weekend, but again, who, who knows who the F knows if these matches will go on. So I think just to, before we move forward a little bit more, like, you know, we're not gonna be political, but we would love to see a much harder stance from the premier league in terms of trying to clean this up a bit. And I think that that's something that's, you know, it, it's so hard to imagine that all these players are on huge squads and there's not enough protocols with the teams and with their staff and man it, it's just a tough situation so i mean i i would be interested to see if they just put the premier league on hiatus for a couple of weeks to get through this this spot and have less people infected but anyway that's just my my rants on it i know it's we all that we all talk about it every day but it's tough yeah, that would be the best case scenario for my FPL team, but I think it's a little unreasonable. There's so much money at stake and people just are ready to return to normalcy. So it's uh say yeah. la vie, so to speak. And, you know, I'll be playing the world's smallest violin for my FPL squad this game weekend <laughs> next, but uh, two managers who are singing, singing loud hallelujahs right now are the two managers of the game week. That is a tie between Daniel Wallace's side, Forest Oak, 
and Chris Riley's team, Riley's Rockets, they both put up 74 points, just a little bit better than your side's performance. Well done, well done. And uh, both managers, they had Sala captain for 16, Ollie Watkins for a dozen, TAA for 11, Reese James for eight, and Smith Rowe for six. And where they were different, they got their points in some different ways, but Daniel had Gunduan for seven, Ben White for six, and Ramsdale for five, doing the work for his squad. And Chris had Connor Cody, big differential, wow. for eight, and Diego Jota for seven, deliver return. So just massive, amazing showing from both managers in an extra challenging game week. Yeah, so Bucks, that those managers did really well. The average for this game week was 37 points, so both of these lads doubled that that score so congratulations to both of them and uh, this is the first time we've shouted out both of these managers so well done good to hear some new faces having uh, excellent game weeks on the fpl blues super league all right with that we're going to take our first break and we're back let's talk about some of the top performers from game week 17 who also feature this upcoming weekend because there are Many matches canceled, so we want to focus on those players that did the business that you could also potentially bring in for this upcoming game week. So, Bucks, let's start with one of FPL's greatest players over the last five years, Kevin De Bruyne. He's back, he's healthy, and he looked incredible. He absolutely dazzled in this city demolishing leads. Uh, what a horrible Man. performance. And I feel for Bielsa because uh, that leads team is really ravaged by injury and this Man City team is a buzzsaw when it comes to ball possession and just going forward. So pretty much if you had a triple up on almost any Man City players, you were rewarded. Uh, there were five <laughs> different Man City players in the uh, team Kings of the game week. So KDB is the starlet of all those players. He ends up with 16 points. He's 2% owned, so he was a real differential, and I saw the actual top scorer in this game. We captained him, so kudos to that manager. $11.8 million to bring him in, and he had two goals and max three bonus points plus the clean sheet, so just really incredible showing from De Bruyne. He had this amazing rocket goal from outside the box, and oh, yeah. uh, he just he just looked like he was, you know, full Megatron version KDB that we saw at some points last season before he got injured and then definitely two seasons ago. So really impressive showing from him. Also worth shouting out Foden had a great game. Gundogan had a great game. So a lot of the city players really just had some of their best performances of the season. Not I don't even want to forget to mention John Stones too put in a, a dozen <laughs> as well. Well, Bucks, this was, you know, crazy seven nil victory that honestly it could have been like 10 nil. It, it was, it was just utter bloodbath. And as a new Foden owner this week, I mean, he, he could have easily quad returned. So I think Phil Foden is another player that you should definitely be considering. He had 12 points. He's 8.0 right now and only 6.9% owned. And he's a player that I really think is nailed in Pep's side. So I would rate him even above Bernardo Silva, who <laughs> frankly was the only disappointment for managers who uh, I think that he's 30% owned and he got one point. He was oh, subbed stop, at half because stop, they were already stop. up. Oh, it's too painful. They were already up one zero or sorry, three zero at halftime. And he had a little bit of a tightness in his calf, I think. So they just subbed him off and Gunduan came in 
Um, so yeah, it was a bit, a bit tricky for managers because I know a lot of people also moved off of Gundo because he had flagged for a back injury, but then he comes on gets two assists and, uh, does quite well. And Bilva just gets one pointer. So tough, tough break because he, oh, Bilva also missed a sitter in the first like five minutes of the game that you would have thought he was going to put in because he's been putting everything in and been very clinical in and around the box. And it was, it was a big miss. So that was pretty disappointing. Yeah, not only does he have a big miss, but he's the second player in this FPL season to be involved in a 7-0 win, be playing for the oh, winning no. side, and to only have and one FPL points. <laughs> I've had the joy of having both of them starting on my side when they have that uh, pretty remarkable or unremarkable uh, showing. Oh, man. So disappointing and that's, very frustrating that's, that's a that's a nugget right there bucks that's a nugget that's that's hard to believe right especially when you would think that Crazy. you have a central attacker and uh end up with no returns in seven nil matches so yeah it's, it's been interesting to see we'll see what the weekend this is what i'm worried about right like i the reason i brought in foden was because he's got newcastle next but now i think it's just like full pep roulette like i have no idea because jesus and sterling played zero minutes in in this game versus Leeds, so we could see a lot of rotation and you know i think foden's just the type of player that you have to roll with right like he's going to have some one point cameos i think you treat him kind of the same as jota like they're kind of you know the same price on one of the best attacking teams and even even when they don't get the minutes their their ceiling is just still so high you can come off and come on with 20 minutes and score points for fpl and he's just a player that you know, I, I rate very highly. So I think um, it, compared to years past, he, he does look like he's he's nailed. So And he has a fixture. So, you know, you mentioned Foden and Jota. There aren't so many guys that you can choose from going into game week 18. So uh, <laughs> if they're a warm body and they could actually play in a FPL and Premier League match, uh, they should be on your watch list going into game week 18. Uh, another player... Well Another player who looked incredible uh, for Wolves was Romain Saiz. Uh, he was an FPL darling. I believe it was last season. He really scored a couple goals. Wolves were good for clean sheets. The problem with Wolves right now is they are really starved for goals. They have their new manager, Laje, has them playing a very defensive style. And I. it looks like his goal is to basically have them uh, – <laughs> end up with a lot of one zero or nil nil results and stay up that way because they're not playing. I mean, they're, they're playing like football. Yeah. They play like seven defensive players, every match, eight defensive players. Like it, it is, is very um, boring to watch. And, you know, I owned Wang in the, in the wolves match and he was starting centrally because Jimenez was suspended. So, you know, I flipped that on and in the second minute, Huang comes off with like, he gets a hamstring injury and so i'm like perfect i do not have to watch this game at all just turn it off put one of the other matches on because watching the wolves is it's it's not it's not very much fun especially when they're playing a team like uh, brighton so um but yeah roman size he's got a lot of aerial threat which i like um in and he's just got a knack for goals so it's been incredible to see the the wolves team over the last six matches they've only given up two goals and that was one to city and one to liverpool at the death Right. So they look very solid. So watch their defensive assets uh, kind of like four weeks from now. They have a tough run still with some um, tough matches. But I think in a couple of weeks, the likes of Saiz and Eight Nori, who did get injured in warm up, those are two players that I would be uh, thinking about for defensive assets from Wolves. 
Yeah, I think uh, Sice, he has some audacious attempts at goal where he's like 10 feet beyond the box and he's just giving it a go. And I love to <laughs> see that. Uh, one other thing I love from Wolves, I think they have among the best jerseys, that yellow uh, colorway is just really clean. And I think that's a, that's a good look. The only One of the only reasons to tune into their matches, you could see them uh, warm up in the kits and then uh, switch to a more entertaining <laughs> match. Yeah, Bucks, I could, I could see you with a very clean pair of dunks with the the black and the uh the yellow to match with that uh, that jersey kit yeah it's a strong colorway one other player uh someone who i wish i had in my side and i decided to be dumb and not target him is ollie watkins he is one of the favorites of our podcast a junkyard dog one might say and uh he puts up a dozen he's 7.7 million and He's owned by less than 12% of the game. He had a goal and a brilliant assist. And I think he's going to be one of the top targets for many FPL managers to bring in this game week as Villa has a match. And I think he's going to be a long-term hold because he's priced well. And he's clearly first choice for Steven Gerrard and the new Villa management. And he's just playing a way better brand of football than Danny Ings, who's been suffering with injury and clearly not the preferred option. So I really rate uh, managers who were early and brought him in for this game week. I wish I was one of them, uh, but I think he's going to reward those managers even more so uh, in the game weeks ahead. When you buy him, you want to hold him for at least kind of like five or six game weeks. Like he's usually not very explosive, but he'll trickle in a lot of five to nine pointers. Um, he'll get the odd assist because he works really hard and can win balls back from defenders and then set it up to his teammates striking, streaking down the middle. Um, but yeah, this is kind of one of his, one of his rare double digit hauls where he's got a goal and an assist and max bonus. So um, I, I would still recommend bringing him in and he's definitely at the top of my watch list because again, he's got a match. So <laughs> that's um, that's good. And, you know, Villa under Gerard, I, I've been impressed. Like he's come in and really elevated the team and, um, it's interesting to see, you know, the rest of the team kind of, you know, galvanize and come together with that new manager bounce. Yeah. Villa now are playing a three up top kind of style. And I think that really suits their squad without Grealish. I mean, they don't have really a central creative force in midfield. So they just kind of rely on the athleticism and the work rate of some of their attacking players. I was really impressed with Jacob Ramsey. He had the goal from the Ollie Watkins assist. He looks like a real player. He's a young up and coming stud in the league. I think he's going to be in the premier league for a long time to come. And, you know, Buendia is a recent player that they brought in the off season. He hasn't really hit stride and neither has Leon Bailey, but I think they just have some guys who, uh, you know, they have that moxie that they really want to play and they want to showcase uh, whether it's against a bottom team like Norwich or, you know, really against anyone. They want to show that they deserve to be there. And I think the manager has them playing with kind of the Gerard-esque mentality, which is no game is too big and, you know, we deserve to be here. So I really rate that last player uh, who actually does have a fixture and he didn't really stand out, I would say, in this game week, but he has really impressed over the recent month and that's Kieran Tierney and I know Brian we've been discussing him as a potential differential in defense uh he's owned by less than five percent of the game and 4.7 million notably he's down uh following some injury luck 
from mm-hmm. where he started at 5.0. So he's really a great budget differential option. I, I actually rate this move more than bring in comparable players like Tariq Lamptey. What are you seeing from Tierney? Yeah, I mean, it's more so what I'm seeing from Arsenal, to be honest. They, they've looked really, you know, really defensive minded in the last kind of two months. Obviously, they had a very tough start, but you know, with Ramsdale, you know, making lots of saves and kind of making up for a few mistakes that the defense does give up. Uh, I'm just really interested in in Arsenal assets. And this is also a situation where I think a lot of them are underpriced, right? You could get you could get Ben White at 4.4, 4.5 million um, this season. Tyranny is now down to 4.7. And if they continue this charge where they're going to be a top, you know, six side, they're going to be more expensive next year as well. So I'm, I'm happy to jump on them this year. And although I'm not as keen on doubling up in defense, just because of all the different matches being canceled and, and whatnot, I think that Tyranny just has a lot higher upside. Um, you know, he, he does roam down that left flank and can put in balls into the middle. And I think now with Lacazette as well, playing that striker role, if he's taken it away from OBS, he can actually hold up the ball and, um, you know, put his back to goal and turn and shoot. So that gives Tierney a, a little bit better of a you know target man. So I think he's, he's definitely a good, a good shout. And when you look at those other players in that range, you know, you're kind of lumping them in with Lamptey, Delo, Ben Davies, I think Tierney just has uh, the, the highest upside there. And he's, you know, in the past, I think last year versus West Brom, he had a 18 pointer. So he does have a knack for, you know, being able to have a goal and an assist in a game. And we love our attacking fullbacks on this pod. For sure. And he's actually my choice for who Arsenal should select as their next captain. I know he's still young, oh, wow. but uh, I think with Aubameyang no longer carrying that weight and responsibility. Tyranny seems like a very outspoken, young and hard-nosed player. I think he has a lot of the characteristics that Arteta is looking for his squad to embody. So I rate him and I rate yeah. this shout. It's it's more so if he can stay healthy. That's the only thing. Exactly. He is a, a little bit frail. Um, so I would like him as my like my fourth defender in a 4-4-2. You know, maybe you don't have to rely on him every week, but again, Arsenal playing so well, um, I'd be happy to start um, you know, him and Ramsdale in nearly 80% of the matches at the moment. Great point. All right. With that, let's take our second break. We're going to come back with our game week 18 quick preview and discuss our transfer and captaincy shouts. We're back with the preview game week 18. This is a short one bucks. This is going to be a short one because there are only five matches as of Thursday night. You know, I hope, they go, you know, they go on, but I would not be also surprised if they all get canceled. So it's very much a make your transfers at the last possible minute. But the five matches that we want to highlight because we have to <laughs> are starting with Burnley at Villa. So Burnley, they look pretty putrid. Max Cornet still injured. Um, you know, Villa has been playing really well. Are you expecting points from um, in a clean sheet potentially from Villa? Yeah, I think so. I think this is uh, this is one of the better matchups on the weekend. Uh, I really just think that Villa are going to be a top half of the table's side and Burnley are not. So uh, I'm going to go with the Holmes team in this one. Yeah, I, I kind of can envision a, a 2-0 victory for Villa there. And Watkins is a, a great player to bring in. He's probably going to get a price rise before 
the game week 18 deadline starts um, just because he's a warm body and in form. So uh, next up, let's talk about Arsenal at Leeds. This one could be could be interesting. Um, you know, Arsenal has been playing well at home, but away they could be prone to a few mistakes. What do you think this one's going to net out? So I think there's a lot of optimism that Arsenal are just going to walk in here and blow blow it up and and really demolish leads you know leads are coming off a really terrible showing against city so i actually think that they're going to be really motivated to get back on track i can see this being a tighter affair than what might be perceived based on what happened in game week 17 arsenal just absolutely blew the doors off west ham and leads you know had the opposite happen to them against man city i could see this being 3-2-2-1 to arsenal i think arsenal get the Ooh, result high scoring but uh, I think that Leeds are going to give it a go. And I expect that Bielsa is just going to be a terror in the training room uh, in the last 36 hours before this game starts. It's a tough run for uh, for Leeds. You know, they they played well versus Chelsea. They lose that match two to three and then they get the doors, you know, busted off versus City. Now you're playing an inform Arsenal team and then they play Liverpool after that. So I think Bielsa is just like, this is one of the worst months of my life. How do I get, how do I just get through this? And maybe, maybe I can get a point out of these four matches. So yeah, I mean, again, Bamford's out for them. Maybe Rafinha gets in with a goal, but I'm, I'm not very optimistic about the, the Leeds team at the moment. Yeah. One player that I don't see getting mentioned a lot is Gelhart. He's their kind of de facto oh, yeah. striker option. He's going to be playing at 4.5 million, uh, which is an unbelievable asset to have for FPL. Now, I don't think this is necessarily the best match to be targeting him, but there only are so many guys that are going to be actually seeing the pitch with five matches called off. So if you're looking to kind of reset where your money and funds are distributed in FPL, Gelhart might be a really interesting option to bring into your side, knowing that he's going to be playing at 4.5 million. Take that money that you might be moving off of Vardy or an Antonio and sprinkle that somewhere else where you can really level up uh, in a different position. So uh, he's one player I definitely wanted to mention going into this match. Yeah, he's a firm watch list guy for me. Um, he's going to be 4.5 million. He came out at halftime um, of the, the last match, but um, you know he scored versus Chelsea. He's 19 years old. So I, I don't think Bielsa quite trusts him yet to start, but in the flashes that I've seen from him, I've been very impressed. So he might, you know, just be one of those warm bodies that gets in there for, for leads. So down the line, you know, it'd be awesome to have another cheap enabler, um, you know, third striker on your team. So hopefully he gets some more reps because at this point they, they're so decimated by injury may as well give a couple of your quality uh, youth Academy players some, some run. Yeah. And, and one other guy that should be on the watch list for FPL managers is Emil Smith Rowe. He's having an incredible showing this season and he's been dealing with some nagging injuries here and there. And he came on as a sub for Arsenal in this match and he immediately just dazzled. He had a goal. He could have had, yeah, he could have had even more, I think. And he just looks like he's, if not their best player, he's one of that small group for Arsenal. And I expect that at 6 million, he's going to be a real bargain because I think he's going to start in this match. And I think he's going to be one of the core players for Arsenal, not just this season, but going into the kind of end run for a European champions position. So I think Arsenal have 
big, big dreams of what this season could turn into the way that they've been playing the last month and a half. Yeah. And I think it's a tough spot to be in. Like if you own ESR, definitely hold him. Um, I don't think I would be rushing to buy him quite yet just because we saw Martinelli really, he got a goal and an assist in his last two matches when he started in kind of that spot that ESR was starting. So they kind of have like, you know, they have ESR, they got Martinelli and they have Odegaard who are kind of like the, you're really selecting two out of those three guys. So, um, you know, ESR did everything he could to nail down that spot before he got a few uh, bumps and bruises. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes right into the squad. But, but um, I thought Martinelli, he's looked great in his limited minutes as well. And he's playing up front as a, an attacker and he's like, I think sub 5 million. So lots of cheap assets on Arsenal that we don't quite know what to do with. Yeah. Two other Arsenal players that should just be in that same category, Saka and Niketia. They really, they have five really talented wing midfield type players, and they really only have max three spots for them to be playing at any one time. So yep, totally. uh, that's a good, a problem good, a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Bucks. We spend too much time together. We, we said the exact same phrase there. Next up, Chelsea travel to Wolves. I think on paper, this is a clear in a way, Chelsea three points and victory, but the way Wolves defense are playing and the way Chelsea's offensive woes continue to be manifesting. uh, I think this is going to be a tough watch and I am concerned as a Chelsea fan because a lot of our best scoring players seem to be out of form or out with COVID. So it's a bad situation to be in right now. And, you know, Reese James has been, he's been incredible if you had him for, you know, going on eight to 10 game weeks, but in the last four game weeks, he's really been disappointing. I mean, he gets the return in game week 17 in the midweek, but honestly with the form he was in leading up to this month, you would have expected he would have gotten double digits in a similar match uh, back in October. So uh, pretty frustrating for Chelsea. He still got max bonus in this one though. Like, so he was, you know, up there in terms of his, his threats and his, um, ability to create chances, but overall Chelsea defense just very underwhelming at the moment. You and I have lucked into some points. Like last week you had your double return from Rudiger from two penalty kick or penalties drawn where the lead defender was just hacking at the back of his shins. And then this week I get Alonzo subbed off early. Now is not the time to move off of these. If you're on the double up because wolves score next to zero goals. So but yeah, I do think it's going to be a tough match because I going into this Everton match, I was very confident. That's a pushover, 2-0 two, two victory, and uh, you know haven't been able to manufacture enough goals. So I think the standout player in this one is, is obviously Mason Mount, scored in four consecutive matches. I think that's the first time in his career um, that he's been such a threat. And he's a player that we really have to rely on playing game week in and game week out. And I know, Bucks, I was talking about him a few weeks ago with you kind of off off pod and just trying to like see what his minutes were going to be, but he seems essential to Chelsea right now, if we're going to score any goals. Uh, so I think, you know, he, he's definitely a player you could target if you have some funds to upgrade your midfield um, this game week. Yeah. And he's finally healthy and he's like you mentioned, absolutely in form. One thing with Chelsea that is worth mentioning is, you know, if you already doubled up on defense they have gone now six straight games in all competitions without a clean sheet oh. ties the longest ever with them under Tuchel. So that is a really damning stat. And 
Wow, they're just crazy. A, they're a little shook since they don't have Ben Chilwell at the back. And there has been a lot of this contract drama with their defenders. So they got to bring in the voodoo dolls. They got to bring in the smelling salts <laughs> and burn some I mean, sage. Not- Maybe they bring in Kyrie Irving without the COVID and they can uh, write what's going on in the locker room. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's keep that Looney Tune away from our our blues side. Let's keep him in Brooklyn with uh, with the likes of you. I think the get right moment for this Chelsea team is when Conte comes back in. Uh, Conte is consistently one of the top 10 players in the world, and he makes up for a lot of uh, mistakes that our other midfielders, such as Jorginho or um, you know RLC, they're just prone to a couple more mistakes where when you have Conte, he can track back, win balls, win duels, um, and help move the ball up the pitch. So he he's a player that I think we just desperately need back in the side to unlock clean sheets once again. Agreed. Great point. And that brings us to really the feature FPL match to target. And that is Man City traveling up north to Newcastle. Wow. I feel for Eddie Howe and this Newcastle side because they Ugh. get Liverpool and then Man City. That is brutal when you are at the bottom, just looking for any way to get points. I don't expect it's coming in this match, do you? I mean, if you have a free transfer and you have the opportunity to bring in any player from Manchester City, that's probably your best bet. You know, whether you're bringing in a defender or bringing in um, an attacker, like this this has 5-0 written all over it, just given how they slice apart leads. And uh, obviously playing away is tough, but the City are on another level and they're just going to be passing through the legs of Newcastle defenders in this one. So I, I anticipate the double up, which I'm on currently with Bilva and Foden. I, I think Bilva might play, but this is also maybe a good opportunity to rest him. So if you can bring in Foden, he's definitely a top target, but this is just like, listen to Pep's new you know news conference, try and get a good feel on who might start and then try and target that player. If they fit into your side, that's like pretty basic advice, but this this is just could get out of hand real quickly. Yeah, one player that didn't play at all in the Leeds match for City is Sterling. He's very expensive, but I think that he might be the best differential captain this game week. I think he's going to get the run in Gabriel Jesus's uh, what should be his spot as the false nine, and I just can see. Man City, you mentioned five. I I think if they only score five goals, I might even be disappointed just the way that they're oh, hanging. Get out of here. <laughs> they're hanging numbers on everyone. So uh I again I think that this is this is gonna be a pretty tough watch if you're a Newcastle fan. Yeah, and Cancelo will be coming straight back into the squad after he served his suspension. So I think he's gonna be a a, a big time player in this one. I could see him passing a lot of balls um, you know, from the left towards the middle of the pitch and Sterling streaking down the middle and putting away some, some tap in. So it'll be interesting to see what we hear from Pep in the news conference and then try and bring one of those players in if you're not tripled up on City already. Yeah, this is the classic rich getting richer. City sit at the top of the table and they're going to the bottom of the table side and a kind of short game week when really the Toonies, Man. they've been having to press. They have to play most of their guys and just city come in with form and some of their guys rested. It's a, it's a really tough recipe for Newcastle. Last game is probably the most entertaining one. That is Liverpool traveling to Spurs. And I think we feel two 
different kind of ways on this match. So I want to just share my perspective. I think Spurs are coming back from a big COVID outbreak. I think that's bad for Spurs. I don't think they're going to be rested. I think their guys haven't played top flight football in a really long time. I think this is going on 10 plus days now and Liverpool are just a well-oiled machine. They have been able to bring back Bobby Chompers, Firmino back in their side. So they now have all four of their attacking options fully healthy. Salah was able to come off early. So he got a little bit of extra rest. And yeah, I think Liverpool are <laughs> going to put them to the sword. Uh, how about you? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, this it was a great opportunity to see Salah get 20 minutes of rest because uh, he had already scored his goal. Usually when Salah gets subbed and they are not you know, up two goals. Uh, he usually pouts and gets a little bit uh, angry, even even in unnecessary games in Champions League that he gets subbed off on. So glad that he got some rest and he'll be fully ready to go in this match. So, I mean, obviously he's just in the form of his life and uh, he will continue to do that versus Spurs. They've been tighter at the back under Conte. So I could see maybe like a 2-0 or 2-1 victory for Liverpool. We'll see. It's 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 Conte's kind of first really big challenge, and we'll see how uh, how that plays out. Yeah, I think this is uh, this has three zero written all over it. So, with that, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll preview our transfer moves and captaincy selections. Time for captaincy shouts and transfer plans, Bucks. Like I said before, my plan this game week is just fix my weakest link, maybe remove a player who's not playing and bring in a player who is. It's kind of as simple as that at the moment. Um, I think now is not the time to try and roll transfers. You just need warm bodies. So that's that's what I'm thinking. And taking a look at my squad, really like, oh, I'd love to bring in Tierney for Shane Duffy. I have 1.3 million in the bank. So I was like, oh, that'd be great. And then I was tinkering around and I'm like, oh, I can't play a goalie and then five defenders and five midfielders because <laughs> that's not an allowed formation. Unfortunately, like, damn it. So yeah. I mean, it's just kind of funny. I was looking at my team or whatever and I'm like, Oh, that'd be a good idea. And then I went to go try and set it up. I'm like, Oh, it's not, not possible. So I have three non-playing attackers because Huang pulled up with a hamstring, you know, right now he's somehow listed as 75% with a knock on, on the official FPL website, but he ain't playing. He, he pulled up with a hammy. So he's going to be out for a while. So unfortunately, like I'm considering my top transfer option is probably just Antonio straight swap to Ollie Watkins. I've rode with Antonio since game week one, and I've enjoyed like less than 20 points in like the last six game weeks, seven game weeks. But I think that's just the natural opportunity for me because I can't get any other kind of playing striker in for Huang up to 6.8 that uh, would be even remotely interesting. So that's probably going to be my move. The other thing I was thinking of is a hit to take out Alonzo and Huang to Tierney and Watkins. Long-term, that might be okay, but it's just not worth it this game week to take out Alonzo versus a Wolves team that scores no goals, right? So I could see that backfiring miserably. And I thought, I thought Alonzo today played pretty well. He had a couple of opportunities created where maybe a header goes in and he gets an assist as well. So... I'm just going to hold him and Saul looked miserable. So there's no way he's going to come in for him at left back. They're just going to have to ride Alonzo for quite some time. And so anyway, probably Antonio to Watkins for me, long-winded answer. 
Wow. Jealous that you only have so few fires to put out. I am definitely <laughs> not in that ship. I am one of the deck chairs on the Titanic right now. I'm just rolling all around and I've taken oh, two, no bucks two hits sinking in into the abyss, uh, sinking it's, into it's, the abyss. That, that iceberg didn't look so big, but uh, it really effed me up. That's for sure. And uh, I could say that about my last transfer moves because all the players that I've brought in over the last three game weeks are now either looking at no match or are flagged with injury. That includes Denny, Antonio, Bowen, Gallagher, and Bilva. So I like Oh, you. hey, Zeus. Hey, Zeus. I do not have any playing forwards going into this match. So I'm definitely going to have to make a transfer on that front. And I will likely have to take another hit just to even come close to fielding a full roster. I have four playing defenders. So that's good. And I have Brownhill Brown who can slot in, but Bowen and Gallagher, who I recently added to my midfield, both do not even have fixtures. And Antonio, who I chose over Watkins, is now going to be missing that Norwich match, which I had penciled in as one of the reasons I wanted him. So that yeah, really sucks. Geez. I also have Vardy. I've been holding on hope that he was going to get this match and next before transferring him out. That's not coming to fruition. So my hit is likely going to be off Vardy and probably off Jared Bowen. Uh, it's really 50-50 between him and Gallagher who comes out. And I'll be bringing in two guys that play probably Watkins and Jota would be my first choice uh, selection, but depending on the press conferences, I could easily go Foden instead of Jota as well. Yeah. I think it depends on the press conference. If it, if Foden seems like he's going to start, I mean, I think that's definitely the, the transfer to bring in because that Newcastle, like, you know, there could be four players with 15 points from city in that match. And you yeah, like this surprised. game, like um, this game. Week. Yeah, pretty much. So I think, this game week specifically is like maximize the ceiling and go for Foden. If you can fit those two players in and um, he can make up for the hit. Like, again, like Tottenham's been pretty stout under Conte. So like, even though, you know, Jota is on a great attack, they're, they're just going to have a tougher, way tougher game than, than Foden. So if you're going to take that hit, I think Foden can easily make up that minus four. I agree. I think Liverpool are a hell of a team to face after not really training against top flight teams and having real match fitness. So uh, that's, that would be my argument for Jota. And I think that mm -hmm. there's now rumors that AFCON might not be happening. So that might dampen some people's perspective on why Jota is a must add uh, for me. I just think that that means more service and more playing time between him, Mane and Salah. So yum, yum. I think Liverpool are, one of the clear two best teams in the league. I think right now City and Liverpool have distinguished themselves as the mm -hmm. two top sides. So pretty much game week in and game week out, I will be having one of their players be my captain. And I'm, I'm going to be loath to switch it from Mo Salah with the form that he's in. But if I brought in Foden, as you mentioned, we also both have Cancelo. He's going to be my vice captain. And I would definitely think about maybe putting him as a differential captain the way my last couple of game weeks are going. Yeah, Bucks, I might try and uh, take a little bit of a gamble this game weekend and Captain Foden if he wow. is indeed predicted to start. I think just he looked unbelievable in the last game versus Leeds. And I, I just think that he had a goal where he was like, you know, a foot offside 
he had a one another attempt that was just inches away from the post and then he like created like two more chances and i just see this being a, a massive blowout so i think maybe i'm a little bit more bullish on how tottenham comes back into play and pl- maybe play some some tough defense versus liverpool so i'm really i'm i'm like 75% captaining foden this game week uh, at this point in time but we'll wait for pressers Wow. Uh, I know the listeners are going to come for us if you go against that uh, prediction right now. But uh, with that, I think that brings (laughs) us to the end of our episode. We will be back with listener questions, hopefully following the shortened game week in game week 18 as we really enter the festive fixture window. In the festive fixtures, there are 40 games over the course of 17 days. So we're really just hoping that we can put the COVID chaos in the rear view mirror and get back to enjoying some footy over the holidays. So with that, thank you for listening. Thank you, Brian. And hopefully we'll all be back with green arrows and not significant red arrows. Like I took this game. week. <laughs> yeah. Bucks. I mean, condolences. My heart goes out to you. Uh, I'm glad I've in a couple of our mini leagues, I've made up some ground on you quick shout out. We did play head to head in one of our other, uh, mini league. So I, uh, I finally got a, a W over you this season, but you're still ahead of me in the overall ranks and that's all that matters. So I'm trying to catch up. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty stark defeat. I got uh, beaten up, down, left, right, center. Uh, it was, you wiped the floor with me with that. Follow us on social at FPL blues podcast. Please reach out to us via email. If you want to have your question answered on next week's pod, or fplbluespodcast at gmail.com. Always great to come into your airwaves. Subscribe if you haven't already. Send us to a friend if you know they play FPL. And rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. And thank you again. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk soon.